What If Waste Podcast. Hello and welcome to the What If Waste Podcast. My name is Andrew Green, but most folks call me Greeny. I'm your host for this episode, recorded live at Springhouse in Amsterdam. My guest today is a serial entrepreneur. I don't mean that she makes Cocoa Pops or Fruit Loops. It's that she has a whole bunch of social projects operating at the same time, all of which tie back to the circular economy. On this show, we will discuss the concept of circular economy and how she explains a complex topic to children that not many adults fully understand, me included. And I'll get the story behind one of her projects, Stars Are Circulaire, which asks, what if waste was seen as an opportunity by today's school children? The What If Waste Podcast. What If Waste podcast is a series of casual interviews with entrepreneurs, designers, and captains of industry whose career involves looking at waste differently. Join me as I get these experts to share their vision and way of thinking so you can start looking at the world around you with fresh eyes and begin asking, what if waste? The What If Waste podcast. Hello, Risa Aliradio. Yeah, thanks. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for being on the show. (laughs) Or should I say Greeny? (laughs) Yeah, Greeny's fine. Andrew's fine. Uh, Thanks for having me. Can you quickly tell me about some of the projects you have running at the moment? Well, the projects I have running at the moment are um, Schoolmaker, uh, which is spelled as Schoolmakers, and that's basically, it started as Waardehuisje.nl, which is a Dutch name for it, and what I want to create is an eBay for kids, where kids get in, involved in, in posting and uploading their used stuff that they don't use anymore, because obviously kids grow up and you know leave a whole stream of, of stuff behind. And what we want to achieve is that they have this easy uh, for kids to understand platform where they can upload and trade with kids. So it's like a members only club that they have and then they can just uh, trade uh, stuff with uh, with their other friends. And by reusing their stuff, they get introduced into the the bigger picture of the circular economy. So that's one uh, project. And uh, so that's one that I actually started with, uh, Warenhuis at least. And that uh, led into Seven Dagen Circular, or in English, Seven Days Circular, which is a, a program uh, of lessons that we do with schools, in which we uh, take kids on a journey through the circular economy, uh, trying to increase their their consciousness around uh, waste and recycling, for instance, uh, but also uh, lear- teaching them the concepts of closing the loop. Uh, teaching them that collaboration is crucial in the circular economy, uh, modeling behavior by introducing them to circular entrepreneurs that are making uh, new products with waste materials, uh, exploring the outside world by visiting companies and really taking time also to reflect together on what this all means and what, what that entails for them themselves and how they can be change makers in a new world. So those are two. I also, and because I work with so many entrepreneurs in these projects, I also have a platform I call Hashtag Circular. And so that's the, the, the platform for entrepreneurs that are working within these circular models and are also interested in bringing that message to children. I'm really interested in the, the seven day circular and the, the foundation that that's a part of, mm-hmm. uh, which is, yeah, stars are, are circular. Mm-hmm. So can you explain to me the overall foundation sure. and what it, what it then spreads out to. Yeah, yeah. So because these, these, uh, all these projects started to happen and I was really collaborating with others and it, at a certain point it, 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 doesn't also, it doesn't really feel just mine, you know. If I, if I want to take this further, I really need, again, that's my message, to collaborate with others. 
So I've decided to uh, uh, start a foundation, and I've got, we've got a full board of, uh, including me, uh, four people. And uh, so our mission with Stars of Circular Foundation is empowering kids to be circular stars. And we want to provide kids with the information and tools needed to develop into conscious, innovative, and collaborative participants in a circular economy through the enhancement of social, creative, and entrepreneurial skills. So we're really building tools such as schoolmakers and Waardenhuisje, but also tools like lessons that the teachers can bring into their classroom. And uh, we started a YouTube channel. So any, any way really to, to reach kids for us is an important activity to explore and to make happen. And so this morning, for instance, I was at a high school in Haarlemmermeer, which is near Amsterdam. And we are, are going, we're in the in initial phases of programming a whole project week for the first class of, of high school. So that, that'll be kids around the age of 13 and to bring them along in, in five days. So it's called Five Days Circular and, and do like the same thing, the same journey. And I think one of the things that, that sets us apart is that it's not just about the content, but it's actually about helping schools make it happen. So we want to, uh, I, I say close to make it happen, you know, in, in Dutch you say, uh, we krijgen het rond, we make it round to invite all stakeholders in. And so even if the school, for instance, wouldn't have the budget to, to really set up this big, this big project, we can be their intermediary towards uh, other companies and invite other companies and entrepreneurs in to help this, you know, to, to help get this done. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And you said that this was this new course that you'll be running mm -hmm. is for kids who are just starting high school. So mm -hmm. at about the age of, of 13, mm -hmm. is that the, the normal age where mm -hmm. you try and teach these kids or are you, you looking at talking to kids that are younger or older? Uh, well, both actually. Initially, we uh, so our first pilot in March, we did it at a at a at a primary school in Utrecht, and we did it for a group of children around the age of nine to twelve. So that went really well, uh, and even uh, even one day we had even younger kids. Uh, we, we just did one day. We just did like a trading fair uh, on the grounds of the school, and so even younger kids, age uh, let's say six to yeah six seven eight also participated so it really depends on how you bring it uh, uh, and so and uh, what match that makes possible with with the age group of kids um, at the moment we are working you know towards like the end classes of primary school and the beginning classes of uh, high school so really that nine to 13 age bracket but hopefully one day we will be able to cater also the younger kids and the older kids yeah and you just gave the example that you're teaching kids how to trade, mm -hmm. trade in goods that they already have, mm -hmm. which I guess is designed to reduce the need for new yeah. products. Yeah. What are some of the other ways in how you train these kids to mm -hmm. think or understand about circular economy? Well, so for instance, another, another example would be really uh, bringing them, them along uh, by organizing workshop to, to workshops together with entrepreneurs that actually are doing some of the recycling and upcycling or redesigning. So we also had a day where we organized three workshops with three entrepreneurs and we had really like simple things that kids could, uh, you know, do together with these entrepreneurs. So one example was that from old t-shirts we made a, a bag just with scissors and you know tying knots in the in the cloth they they had a new product with material that was already available 
And another example was that uh, another entrepreneur uh, collected a lot of waste wood and they made like a little table. We call it a growing table because the fun concept of the design is that every time you find a new block of wood, you can stick it to the table and then uh, you know, when it grows, you need to sometimes uh, make sure that it has like a, uh, how do you call it? Uh, another leg or something. Another leg, exactly. So the minimum is three legs. And then when it grows with the material that you find, you put in a fourth leg or a fifth leg eventually. So that's why we call it the growth table. So I think giving kids these examples really at the end of the week, uh, you know, when we, we actually ask them, what have you learned? What, what was most fun and all the doing stuff, all the playing stuff like the market and the workshops and the excursion to the company were the things that they really remembered and resonated with them. And all of them said, you know, we've, we've definitely learned that you, you, you don't have to throw stuff away. It's still valuable. Uh, you can either give it away, you can make something new with it or you can recycle it. So, so having you know ways not be the end point for these kids was really really important and i think a nice achievement yeah for people that who don't yet understand a lot about circular economy mm -hmm. how do you explain it mm -hmm. to these kids yeah beyond just recycling mm -hmm. well i think the nice thing about uh, circular economy and the concept of closing the loop is really you know if you if you take the, the the definition that also the dutch government for instance use it's about making sure that all the uh, material uh, products and materials and resources are continuously reused right so that's like a like what a two sentence uh, a definition and because it's always also references to the biological uh, cycle and how nature works, we use that example actually in the first uh, day. So day one of seven, seven days circular, seven days circular, we made a video saying, okay, you know, if you look at nature and you take the seasons, for instance, and you, you see the trees fall from the, 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 leaves. the leaves fall from the trees and it goes into the soil. And when we did it, it was spring. So you had all these uh, flowers popping up. And so, and, and that soil is enriched and then uh, things grow again in spring. They get this view of, you know, how, the, how nature works in, in circles. And, and then you say, okay, we as humans actually do not work in circles yet. We have a, a take make waste economy. We, we only take things from nature and then we make something and then we dump it. So it's our challenge to also close the loop. And those are really simple phrases that to start off with, I think is something that, you know, is, is easily understandable for kids. And I think, you know, just uh, having that illustration works because we also noticed that at the end, if the, at the end of the uh, week you, you asked what is circular, I mean, the term circular in itself is still very far away. So they don't remember necessarily circular. They do remember the smaller steps. But that's also our proposition in a sense to schools, and that's why we find it important to not, uh, you know, do it just for one day, for instance, but actually take them on a journey. Is that you can also through that journey really close the loop and and break down the story in different parts. And so we we had an introduction day on day one. We had day two was around collaboration. Day three was conscious consumption. Day four was conscious production. Day five was inspiration, you know, going to the company. Day six was reflection. And day seven was sharing, sharing what you've learned. So and this is just one storyline. You know, we want to program specific storyline, tailor-made storylines with schools as well. But 
I think making it, turning it into a story that appeals to kids, that's close to their, to, to what they, they understand. So for instance, we had this one exercise that's called the present. And it has this, this box, it's, it's a worksheet and it has this box in the middle and we ask kids, okay, think of a present that you just got, for instance, or a, a product that you like, put it in the middle. And then we had, uh, you know, visualized questions going back. So we just asked them, so what, where was this present before you got it? Oh, I got it from my mom. And before that, well, she probably got it from a shop. And where, where was it before that? And what, what type of material is it made from? And maybe do you, do you, do you, do you know what type of resource it, it has been used? You know? So for instance, one, one uh, nice thing was that you know, when they come to, to plastic, for instance, which is, a, which is a material, then just asking that ne next question, so what is plastic made of? You know, even, even the teacher that I worked with said, you know, I, I never thought of what plastic was made of. I didn't know that it was made of oil. You know? And so that's the learning point. But the, uh, we also uh, asked forward. So we asked, so if that present, if you don't, don't use it anymore, what will you do next with it? Oh, well, we always, uh, you know, give our old clothes to a, to a nephew or, you know, and so it, it forced them. And of course, the first ones nearest to the center are maybe the easiest to, to answer. But you really try to trigger them into, you know, asking the, the, the second and the third question. So I think, yeah, I think making it small and, 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 and creating an exercise around it is, is at least our, our approach at the moment. Yeah. That chain of questioning mm. sounds like it could be useful for any business that has uh, a physical product. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, uh, it could uh, be. Uh, Maybe we, we would use other visuals. You know, this was really tailored to kids. But uh, yeah, in terms of the, the, the dynamic of the exercise, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Of, of yeah. Understanding the chain of where yeah, it came yeah, from and where yeah. it goes to and, yeah, and how yeah. to link that yeah, back together. Yeah. yeah, we also had another exercise. It's called the puzzle. And with the puzzle, we basically just uh, uh, said, okay, the economy, if you take, if you, if you see the big picture, it's, it's mining, it's producing, it's distrib distribution, and it's cons consumption. So we had four puzzle pieces that you could put in a linear way. And then we asked them, so what if you couldn't mine anymore from Earth and you still wanted to make those products? How are you going to reconnect these puzzle pieces? So again, it's, it's a very big topic, but we try to make it small by really making it a little bit more abstract, but at the same time understandable using the puzzle metaphor for kids. What are you hoping to achieve from educating kids? Well, there's, there's an aspect of the now with that. I really believe that kids uh, can already uh, be active. So uh, again, the, the mission of the foundation is empowering kids to be circular stars, not to become circular stars. And uh, I, 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 just this week I met a mother that she, she told me, my daughter explained to me last year what circular economy was because she got it at school. And she said, Mama, I don't want to buy new clothes anymore. So I think kids, if you, if you, if you tell them, uh, how how important this is and why this is important. I can uh, the kids have an innate, uh, uh, I think, innate motivation to to better the world and to help. I think that's that's really inside every kid. And so uh, what I hope is that they get activated and their intrinsic motivation and, and maybe something that's already there gets empowered. And so that, that they will not in their own behavior make changes, but also in the behavior of their families. 
So that's one aspect, the, the, the now aspect. But of course, I think and I believe that uh, what, you, what, you, what you in your youth uh, you know, found very fun to do and you really liked and loved, that's what you take with you also when you grow up. So providing kids with these experiences, these tools early on, I believe will also have an impact and be a reference for them also when they grow up and you know, become young adults, become students, become workers, become entrepreneurs, become parents themselves uh, at a certain point. So that's also what I, what I try to hope to, to achieve. How successful has it been so far since the pilot in March? Well, it's, it's still very young, of course, as a, in terms of an initiative, but I have to say it has been really successful, uh, and I measure that in a few ways. Uh, one is that we've uh, managed to get some uh, subsidies to, to actually run these pilots and develop Warenhuis or schoolmakers, for instance, more. So that's one aspect. Uh, uh, I think more, even more important than, than the money part is that uh, there are, there's a growing ecosystem of entrepreneurs that want to help us out, that want to co-create with us. There's a growing system of small companies uh, that want to co-create with us. There's a growing system of also corporates that want to learn more about our initiatives. Uh, so, for example, we were just at uh, a co-creation session also this week on Wednesday with the ABN AMRO uh, circular pavilion that is being built, well, being finished now at the moment. It's already finished in terms of building and they are thinking about programming, uh, kids program uh, within those facilities and we uh, were involved in that, uh, in that process so we will probably also be programming something in that circular pavilion. So yeah, it's still very young so I can't say like we've, we've already had like a massive impact but I do feel the potential is there and the, the need is there for all these stakeholders really. They really want to do something and, and I think our, our forte is that we actually connect these stakeholders and make these projects happen. Yeah. You mentioned earlier the exercise about using these I guess different blocks to explain mm -hmm. the, the mining, creation, yeah. consumption and mm -hmm. waste. Why did you get into doing what you're doing? Is it a belief in resource scarcity? Is it an excitement about opportunity? What, what is it? Taking uh, I think in? you mentioned two things that are uh, definitely valid. Um, I think the most important thing is is a belief that the world we live in now is is there's there's something wrong with it, right? We we're, we're overconsuming. Uh, there's you know real. I'm a believer in climate change. I think really we need to some, do something collectively to to help that turn that around and met, better that again. So that's that's I think is my my main motivation. And then in terms of the opportunity part, that's also a motivation for me because I, I am an entrepreneur. So I, I, if I do sense opportunity, I, I really like to you know, uh, take that opportunity and make, make something happen. Uh, it's just aligning uh, my uh, entrepreneurial uh, needs, let's say, with the purpose that I also have personally. You know, I, I, uh, ever since I, I had a, a corporate career to start with, I worked in government, and once I worked for myself, it, it was really that search for how am I going to, you know, for what purpose am I going to work and serve? 
and I want to be me in all aspects. So I, I made some personal choices. So for instance, I'm vegan, I'm a, a pretty minimalistic, uh, I don't buy new clothes anymore. So I, I, I really felt the need professionally to, to be contributing as well. So that I think is, is, has been my motivation to pursue these uh, projects. Onto that area of entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and opportunity, I feel like that is the gateway to concepts like uh, circular economy becoming bigger and more mainstream yeah. and part of more companies. What's your opinion in the greater economy and its shift towards circular economy? Is it happening fast enough? What's holding it back? Mm -hmm. uh, what's the opportunity there for people who may not know anything about circular economy but work or run or want to create businesses with physical goods. I do think and feel there's some kind of momentum, momentum starting now. Uh, I don't think it's happening fast enough. Some, some people in the corporate scene start talking about bubbles, but that's really in that bubble of that corporate scene, you know, like it's, it's almost like a hype. Everybody's talking circular economy. But if you ask, like, for instance, I had to approach schools about programming this. And if you ask I, school leaders, you know, have you heard about the circular economy? Most of them will say no. And if you go to parents and tell them, have you heard about the circular economy? They will also say no. So there's, I think when it comes to these bigger things, there's always this discussion, you know, we should focus on business because they are the, the biggest waste makers. And yes, that's true. And we should focus on construction, for instance, because that's a big waste uh, sector. That's also true. But my belief and so my perspective is if you don't change minds, uh, that will be a bubble and a hype and then it will fade away because the nice projects have been accomplished, the circular pavilions have been built, but the people that from work go home, they haven't felt the need of, of changing towards, trans transforming towards a circular economy in their hearts and then they will not make the personal changes because in the end it will be the personal changes that we make that will have the actual collective collective impact. So I feel there are a lot of opportunities in this circular economy still, and it really depends on what your position is. So if you have like, for instance, a higher position in a company, you, you can push the agenda forwards within that company and the products and services those company maybe does. From my perspective, I'm just an individual, you know, when I, st when I stopped working for the government, I, I started for myself. So this is my perspective, and I really believe of, uh, you know, the, the, the influence you can have as, a, as an individual, especially if you collaborate with others. So that, that's my perspective. So I tend to focus on other entrepreneurs that, that have these, these small ideas making, you know, making new products, for instance, from base materials. But it doesn't mean that I'm saying this is the only way to go because, yeah, again, it, it depends on where you are in the system. Uh, speaking of, of those people you'd like to collaborate with, mm -hmm. uh, who is someone that you admire or think that's doing a, a great job at the moment that people, that listeners should go and research and, and check out? Yeah, because I'm basically trying to do the same, at least for, for the foundation that I'm setting up now, it's absolutely the, the biggest example, and that's the Ellen MacArthur Foundation and Dame Ellen MacArthur herself. 
you know, she decided, I don't know if you know her, yeah, of course, you know, well, some people still don't know her, but uh, she's really pushing the agenda forward, and that's something that we want to do as well. So the Ellen MacArthur Foundation in itself is not a company that has, like, a really a challenge when it comes to a production process, for instance, or the design of an article, but they are really facilitating, enhancing knowledge, collaborating with, with a lot of parties to, to increase the, the awareness. Uh, mostly on a business business to business level and and also in terms of education and I, I would really want to do the same but then focused on on kids and and maybe even families more so that's really somebody that I admire can you recommend any great sources of information where people are interested in what you're talking about not just your specific projects but mm -hmm. uh, the concepts in general mm -hmm. where would you send someone yeah, again, I would say the Ellen MacArthur Foundation is a really a good place to go and find some resources. They're, they've got also like a lot of spin-off projects that they do, uh, so that's a good resource. To be honest, I have researched like online a lot and found a lot of, uh, you know, white papers and reports and blogs and articles. But I really didn't have the time to go through all that. I'm, I'm more of a doer. And my inspiration really comes to connecting with others uh, that want to do the same and really co-create in, in the moment or in the specific situation and just go, you know, and, and then and then bring bring the, the tools and the information we need along the way. So, for instance, you know, I, for Seven Dagen Circulaire, I made this video about, okay, my, my uh, task was how am I explaining uh, the circular economy to kids in two minutes. And so then I researched and it's like, you know, the government site and it's Wikipedia and it's this and that. And then I just word it and I have a video. So I'm, I'm not so studious in a sense that I don't really delve into research and uh, technical stuff and I, I learn along the way. So my recommendation would really be uh, try to connect with, if you're in a doing mentality, I mean, everybody's different again, but for, for me, the, 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 and if you're like me, I would say, try to really connect with others that have that doing mentality and you know, want, to, want to just get things done and, and then source the information and the resources and the stakeholders that you need to, to really uh, do it, yeah. And talking of connecting, how can listeners connect with what you're doing directly? How can people get involved? Well, if they're interested really on all, all websites, so if it, whether it's the Stars of Circular Foundation or, for instance, the, the, the example we just gave with the Five Days Circular, I actually set up the website Five Days Circular this afternoon with a call to action to stakeholders. So it actually says, if you want to get involved, just get in touch. And it, 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 we have such a broad scope of, of stakeholders, you know, it's, it's families, it's entrepreneurs, it's businesses. So uh, I really go also to where the energy is. So, you know, one example, for instance, is I plan to start in Amsterdam, but it, the pilot happened in Utrecht. It's, it's because I got connected with people that said, you know, there's an opportunity in Utrecht. And so then we go to Utrecht. So uh, there's all the contact information is on these websites. So you can go to the starsarecircular.org uh, or you can go to schoolmaker.com. Uh, you know, I'm sure you'll list them on your blog yep. as well. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll definitely put up links. And I'm happy to connect, you know, especially if you're like a doer or you have a concept already that exists. I'm really happy to, to connect it and make it part of the programs that we're uh, doing. I'll close out by saying I read something that I really like on one of your websites and you wrote this. Truly listening is like receiving gifts. 
the gift of someone's trust, thoughts, and experience and respect. So Rita, thanks for your gifts. Thank you so much. And thanks for listening. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to the What If Waste podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please follow our Instagram or Medium accounts, both at What If Waste. There you can find more info from this interview, including all the links that Rita mentioned. Thank you for joining us. My name is Greeny. This is the What If Waste podcast, and I look forward to your company next time. Remember, if you don't ask, you won't know. So always question waste. What if waste? What if waste? What if waste? The what if waste? Podcast.